Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlets and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Fredberg and you are joining us at Marnie's Friends. Welcome to today's program, which is the five success secrets for reaching your God-given goals. Our guest today is Poppy Smith. And during the next hour, you are going to discover the secret success strategy your mama never taught you. Also, the surprising value of your past, the significance of self-discovery, the satisfaction of being stretched, and the simply profound effect. Of faith. Uh, Poppy is an award-winning author and speaker who communicates life-changing truths with warmth and passion. She inspires women nationally and local, internationally to thrive spiritually, personally, and relationally. You can learn more about her at her website, Poppy Smith. And just now, welcome to you, Miss Poppy. <laughs> Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you. Well, I love having you here. We were talking before the show started. You're uh, you're a British a, a British citizen. Are you also an, a, an American citizen? Yes, I have both citizenships. Okay, all right. And you, I know you've traveled widely um, with uh, your father, who was in the Air Force, but also also as a speaker. And uh, you guys have just done some amazing things in your life. And I love that you're here to share with us some success secrets for reaching our God-given goals. And of course, you know that my heart isn't just to, you know, put our sights on the big yacht or something, but to put our sights on what God created us to do and to go for that with all of our heart. When did you start thinking this way in your own life, Poppy? Well, I think it was after I started being uh, in Bible study fellowship in my late 20s, early 30s. And then out of, uh, to my whole amazement, God opened the door for me to be the teaching leader. And I was in my early 30s, did not come from a Christian home, felt I hardly knew anything. But God opened the door. And that's part of uh, what I say, uh, what I want to share in this interview and, and based on my latest book that saying yes to God leads to an adventure you would never dream of if you say no. So that was the beginning. And then when I left after teaching seven years, uh, God opened doors. I, I actually volunteered in a domestic violence shelter for a few years because I had such a heart for women who were in pain. And I hadn't realized how God placed that peace uh, of experience and exposure in my life that later on as I traveled in, and spoke in different countries and around the, the U.S., that as a Christian speaker, I could mention it and be a minister to women in Christian marriages who were suffering so much. And so God has used that piece. And so all along the way, it's been God opens new doors and uh, you say yes, even though you're scared and your knees are trembling, <laughs> but you go forward <laughs> by faith. Um, 
and just say, God, use me. Show me what you want to do with my life. Right. And you've actually written several books here. Your most recent is named Go For It, Make Your Life Count for God. And, again, you guys can learn more about her over at poppysmith.com. Let's go ahead and dive right in right now with the success strategy your mama never taught you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think my mother ever gave me any success strategy (laughs) of being raised in in a British household. And we just never talk like I find Americans talk with giving vision to their children and so on. Uh, You know, my parents were fine and they were nice and I had a happy childhood, but uh, never had any vision whatsoever. So it was really in my own growth as as a believer following the Lord that I came to recognize that um, life is a God-given treasure. I I think that is so strongly um, in my heart and that we only have one life to serve the Lord. Uh, so, so some basic fundamentals that I didn't have as a child or even as a young believer, but grew as I read more, as I listened, as I prayed, as I read scripture. And I came to these deep convictions that my life belongs to God. God has uh, called me to be his woman, his purpose, and I need to say yes so that my life is not wasted. Absolutely. I I know that, you know, in today's culture, there's so much talk about success and so much Mm -hmm. talk about goal setting and that kind of thing that a lot of times Christians feel like that's of the world and not of God. And yet, um, putting dreams in people's hearts was God's idea, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Right, absolutely. And he does that. Yeah, so uh, if we were to talk about that, you know, to dare to dream, to dare to believe that God created Poppy, God created Marnie, God created you uh, just the way you are to accomplish his purposes in the world right now for, you know, like Esther said, for such a time as this. Talk to us about that, that, that the, uh, what's required for us to dare to dream. What, what do we need to have there? Well, I, I think it goes back to what I just said. You have to have an awareness that God brought us into his family. God saved us from ourselves and from our sin, and that God sees us as, as women with value, and value because we are his, but also because he's created us to serve his kingdom purposes, and that we are not our own, as Paul writes, we're not our own. We are bought with a price, the blood of Christ. So I think, you know, our, our culture, our world's idea is you are your own. You can do exactly what you want and go right. for it and achieve all the things you want. But I think as a Christian, we start on a different basis, which is, no, I am not my own. I belong to the Lord. What is his plan for me? It could well be great success, you know, uh, equivalent to anybody who isn't a believer. There's nothing wrong with that. But is that where God wants you to go? And if it is, he's going to lead you and develop your faith and and uh, use you to bless others and to, you know, be blessed yourself. Hmm. Absolutely. So the success strategy that we're talking about right here is that God has created you uniquely for their work. And I'm not sure if this is something you were going to talk about in a different section later. And if so, you can tell me to just be patient. But, but you know, okay. how do people discover, how do people find out, you know, what that might be? 
Well, uh, the the point of my book, which is sort of a life coaching cross uh, motivational, inspirational book, where you work on questions with each of the um, different chapters, and there's a place about which would be the next topic on looking back and reviewing your life, because we don't necessarily know what God wants us to do. Um, we can have all sorts of ideas or none at all. And so we need to, if we, if we recognize our life belongs to God, we need to stop and say, then how do you want me to live it? And in what way do you want me to invest my energy and my time and my abilities? And so there's questions as we review our past that show us what worked well. Where, where was I a success in the sense that I felt fulfilled and I was helpful to others and it worked out well, that I have a talent in certain areas, and where, where, where have I discovered, as I have, uh, that I don't fit there, that that is not my area at all. And in the book I talk about um, uh, going on a short-term voluntary basis uh, to be a hospital chaplain. And I thought it was absolutely wonderful. What an opportunity to, you know, bring help to the sick kind of thing. And I found after a few weeks, I absolutely, I just didn't want to do it. I was so uncomfortable. And I think part of it was I hadn't been trained very well and so on. But, you know, you learn where are my strengths? Where are my passions? Where do I come alive? And where should I just learn from what didn't work out? Not condemn yourself, but say, okay, I learned about myself that this is not my area of strength or interest. And so everything we do, whether it's a great success or a failure, if you want to use those terms, is an opportunity to grow in knowing yourself and how God has put you together. Mm, absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Sleber. We're visiting today with Poppy Smith of poppysmith.com. We're going to come right back and talk a little bit more about uh, the surprising value of your past as well as significance of self-discovery. We'll be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. And there's all kinds of great stuff coming up and right now if you want to check out womensevents.info. And if you are hosting a major women's event, be sure to add that information over there so other planners and individuals can find you there. We're talking today with Poppy Smith about the five success secrets for reaching your God-given goal. We were talking a minute ago, Poppy, about how, how our past can be of value. And as you, you, know, talk, you were talking about how you take us through in your book, you take us through a review of life to identify where some successes, what have I seen? What have you found when you're working with individuals in this process? What have you found that's kind of interesting or surprising? Well, I think a lot of people don't don't trace uh, God's hand on their life looking back over their journey, depending on, you know, their age. It can be a long time or a short time. But 
I don't realize it's a gold mine for understanding yourself and really for finding what your your target might be. You know, my gifting is this. These are the things I'm interested in. Therefore, it helps me not go off on other rabbit trails to do this or that or the other. Uh, it, I think it gives a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. And we need to we need to trace how has God made me? What are the experiences I've had? What did I learn from them? Would I do them again? Would I not do them again? And so all that um, sort of mulling over and reflecting is is really a, gives you a foundation for who am I and where do I go with who I am in order to fulfill what God has for me. Hmm. Who is the most reluctant person to dive into their past like this? Well, clearly people who find it very painful to look back at their past, but hopefully there isn't a dwelling on that. I mean, obviously a lot of people need a lot of of healing from some horrible things, but not to stay a victim of what happened in their life, whether it was in their childhood with a disastrous relationship or marriage or uh, distance and conflict with a parent. You know, most people have have pain, have had painful experiences, at least a vast majority of people. And God doesn't want us to stay there and fixate on that and say, I could never do that because of this or the other. But instead to say, God, this is who I am. You've made me. You love me. You have a good purpose for my life. Direct my path. Show me where to go. Show me the next step. And I think that that is one category of people. Another would be a, someone who isn't interested in reflecting. They dismiss it as if there's no treasure to be uh, discovered there. And they don't realize they're missing a lot of uh, understanding, self-discovery, which God wants us to have. You know, in Psalm 77, there's a verse where, where I think David or one of the psalmists says, uh, I will remember, I will remember. And he remembers God's hand on his life. And I think we need to do that and recognize God is active in our lives and to sort of walk hand in hand with him into the future and not stay stuck or keep looking backwards. Mm. So I just did a quick Google search or just- over 70 Bible verses talking about remembering. It's just so important that we take time to look and see where God has been working. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like you were saying, uh, it's so it's critical. And I think I like how Beth Moore talked about, um, about wounds from our past. She said, you know, open wounds are those that you're still in the process of healing but scars are when you know somebody can actually bump it, and and you you don't feel it like it's open anymore. If mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You can even scratch it, it doesn't hurt. It's just a scar. It's a, it's a it's a place where God is healed, and you are now healed and ready to go forward. And I think especially you know working with so many speakers and authors, it's important that you allow God to heal you before you dive into ministry with other people who are hurting in that same area. You need a level of healing. Can you speak to that for just a minute? Yes, yes. And I, you know, there's that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. And, uh, you know, if you're a speaker, I remember years ago uh, hearing, you know, about the fact that as speakers or even as authors, 
we should not be speaking and writing on things that still create great pain for us, that we need to be healed, like you say, and to gain some understanding so that we are helpful to those we're speaking and writing to rather than using it as a as a catharsis for our own emotional pain. It's not to say you never will uh, have God use you, but it's not something you want to do for yourself. We're there to serve as a, a flow-through channel for the God Spirit to speak and bring healing. I, I use a lot of my experience in marriage and, you know, cross-cultural, there's an age difference, personality difference, and so on. But I'm not doing it uh, to express my pain, but to show empathy and understanding. And even with the domestic violence uh, experiences of serving uh, volunteering, I find that to be a Christian speaker who can mention that, what I'm doing, in all honesty, is I'm waving a flag to those silent women in the audience who have experienced it or who are in the middle of it. And I often will take time. In fact, nearly every time I go to speak, I have some blocks of time to meet with women individually because I want, they, they are looking for someone they can speak to in confidence and get some support, help, and direction. And I, I look at that as you know, an important thing for any of us who've gone through uh, wounds. And in this case, I haven't, but in terms of marriage and struggles in marriage and personality clashes and so on, I can talk about those without devaluing my husband. In fact, my, one of my books, Why Can't He Be More Like Me? I deal with many issues. Uh, and I had my husband read every chapter before it went to the publisher. But when we go through things, God, when we're healed, wants to use it to be an encouragement to others. And I think that's that's very much the role of a, of a Christian speaker and author. Mm, I love that. Let's go ahead and talk about the third success secret for reaching your God-given goals, which is the significance of self-discovery. Uh, talk to us about that. Well, I, and this is so important that you find out who you are and what you're like and so on. So you, you need to look at your skills and your strengths or your gifts in You've probably heard this, as I have, many have. You know, we meet a lot of women who feel they just fade into the woodwork. They have no talents, no gifting. And then you end up with a lot of this comparison where you are this and I'm this and I'm nothing and I have nothing to give. And, you know, it's so not true from God's perspective. Everybody is valuable to him. Everybody has a place where they can grow in confidence, knowing they're loved by him, they're valued, and that they, God has something for them to do with their lives that, that will give them fulfillment and blessing. But also, we're meant to be a blessing to others. So when we just, you know, in, a, in a metaphorical sense, sit home and suck our thumbs and stroke our blankies <laughs> because there's nothing for us out there, everybody else is bigger and better and so on, um, you know, we shrink back from what God wants to do in our lives. And there's, there's no difference in the giftings in terms of value to God or esteem by God. I mean, the speaker who gets up to speak, sometimes because she's the more public person, seems to get all the, you know, the, the admiration, all the rest of it. 
But the person who's cleaning the ladies' room, who's providing the food, who cleans up the dishes, she has as much value in God's eyes as any of us who have a more public role. Well, absolutely. And I think the important thing is, it's always funny because when people ask me how I can get up in front of a group and speak, I always say, well, I don't ever feel more alive than when I am in front of a large group of people. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Uh, it just know, makes and me alive. And some people yeah. like, they would never want to do that, you know, how God yes, put us right. together. You know, he, he you, and this is, the, this is the joy here of exploring how God has built you personally. I would say when God strung together your three billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way. Right. There is a reason why you love or hate public speaking, why you love or hate whatever. I, I like the analogy of the radio waves, how when you are in a car and you're looking for a station to listen to, you've got your scanner going on and it's picking up everything that's going by, you know, first maybe country western and then a little jazz and then maybe some right, right. station, you know, whatever. And you're going to stop at the station that resonates with you, the one that mm-hmm. you like. And then you maybe find three or four stations that have that particular genre of music and then you find the one that you really like. Well, there's really not very much difference in um, how you're built for ministry mm-hmm. and for life either. The thing that resonates with you, the things, the places where you feel like home, you know, I am at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. here. This is where I belong. I've often said it like this, Poppy, you know, I was built to do this. I was created <laughs> to do this, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's important for women not to look for the big, glamorous, glitzy thing, but rather look for the thing that resonates, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And and what, I mean, really, when you boil it down, what resonates with you is what God has called you to do and to be. I, th- I think right. of women who love little children and serve them in right. whatever capacity, whether it's, you know, professionally, uh, they're teachers or run schools or whatever, or the mother at home who helps take care of the neighbor's kids. I mean, if that's your passion, that's as valuable to God when you act on that as it is for any of us who, who respond to speaking uh, or counseling others. Yeah. Now, I had a friend, a friend on the worship team, and she, just a gorgeous, gorgeous voice and a sweetheart for Jesus. And she said, I will just do this anytime, you know, get up in front of this group of people and just mm-hmm. sing it lead worship. She said, but please don't put me in the nursery. You know, because the reality is that all we all don't do everything. That, that just isn't how God set it up. God set it up so certain people do certain things. And some people seem to be able to do many things, but the reality is even those people can't do everything. There are only right. some people. You have to be fully you because you're the only you that God made. If you aren't fully you, nobody else can do your job. You are it. So when, Bobby, when somebody figures out, you know, where they resonate, but they don't like their job, <laughs> uh, you know, they're like, yeah, but I didn't really want to be this role. That they're unhappy with, with where they are? Are you talking about in yeah. the workplace or what? Well, even when they find out how they, they have discovered now that God, you know, has this particular role for them. 
you know, and I hear actually I've heard speakers say it many times. It's like, no way, no way, I am not going to do that. You know, uh, whenever you discover what God's role is really for you, and maybe there's a part of you that is saying, that's not for me. I can't believe it. I think that this is what God's calling me to, but I don't want to do that. Well, yes, I, and there's a there's two ways of responding to that. I mean, you don't want to do it, but maybe the the thing is, is it from the Lord? And if it is, is it us saying, "I'll determine my life," or mm-hmm. is it uh, you know a, a pulling back and nudge from the Holy Spirit? No, this isn't the area for you to go in. So I think again, it, to me, it goes back to the spiritual assessment of the situation. You know, is it the Lord and am I just saying I'm not going to do that because I'm in charge of my life? Or is it uh, something where God's giving wisdom about not doing it? I mean, I had an experience of that a couple of years ago. I had written a book for Harvest House, the one, um, Why Can't He Be More Like Me, on helping women in, in marriages to understand how you work it out. Um, and on the basis of that, they sent me a contract for two more books. Well, I worked and worked and worked for months on these two titles they gave me. And finally, I thought to myself, I'm a spiritual director. I went to seminary. I've got a master's in spiritual formation. If somebody came to me and said, uh, I'm going through this terribly stressful decision, what should I do? And they described to me how I was feeling, which is totally stressed (laughs) out. and what would I say to her? And it dawned on me, I would say, maybe this isn't what you should be doing, <laughs> you know, just being blunt. And right. maybe this is not the, the direction. And even though it was very difficult, because most women who write or people who write, there's no way they want to give up a contract from an established publishing house. But I knew that this was not for me. And so I contacted the publisher, my editor, my agent, And, you know, it was not the thing people usually do, but I felt totally right about doing it. So I think our decisions are like crossroads, and I write about that in Go For It, because they are. We have to see, am I going to go this way? Am I going to go that way? What is the Lord, you know, saying to me? And we need to ask for direction, and then we need to choose the good way, his way, and then walk in it, and we'll have rest. When I finally had the courage to reject the and send back all the advance money as well, no doubt. <laughs> uh, so um, when I did that, I had such peace, such peace. I've mm-hmm. never regretted it. So, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to say, this, this is a wonderful door that's open, but it isn't for me. Right, right. It's a door. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I like uh, what you're talking about here, the piece in Colossians 3, verse 15. I have this highlighted in yellow, and it has an exclamation point, a star, and a smiley face beside it. From the Amplified Version, I love how it goes. And let the peace from Christ rule or act as umpire in your heart. Right. Deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state to which, as Christ's one body, you were called. And be thankful. So there's this opportunity that we have to run everything by the peace barometer. And Mm -hmm. while you may Mm -hmm. say, uh, oh, you know, I just never envisioned myself, you know, uh, doing this particular work for Christ, but yet I have peace about it. That is, that's more important than that you didn't see yourself like that before. 
up. Whereas, yes, yes oh, absolutely. You have you, to step forward and a, see what God wants to make of your life. Right, and if you have something that you want to do, but every time you touch your toe to it, you just your spirit is at unrest. You know, that, that is the, mm-hmm. a great uh, litmus test for it. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Poppy Smith. Her website is poppysmith.com. We're going to come back and talk about the satisfaction of being stretched. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and excited to have you with us this afternoon for this program with uh, speaker and author Poppy Smith, the five success secrets for reaching your God-given goals. And Poppy, I want to just thank you for being a partner with us over at womenspeakers.com for so many years, too. Excited to uh, promote you and the other speakers to planners who are looking for guests, and thank you for your partnership there and your availability to go speak. Well, thank you for your ministry. It's really a wonderful one. I really enjoy seeing all the different ways that, that God is using you in in the church worldwide. So it's terrific. <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier about our love for Africa and and um, how how God just moves us around. You know, he just moves us around where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there. And it's just really fun to watch him do that. But we're going to talk next about being stretched. And I will tell you that when I went to Africa, that was a stretch uh, for me. I'm I'm much of a city girl, and <laughs> I like my I like my um, comfortable my comfortable house and my bathroom and all that kind of thing. So it was a stretch for me to go. But there's so many ways that God stretches us. Sometimes it's right inside of our homes that we are stretched the most. Maybe talk about. Why this is a success secret is to be satisfied when we're being stretched. Well, if if we don't allow God to stretch us and we don't say yes to those experiences or opportunities that stress us, we remain in a rut. We do not develop or see the capabilities God has given us that we never dreamed about, perhaps. I certainly had no idea that I would end up being a speaker or an author. In fact, for many years after I left teaching in Bible Study Fellowship, I was teaching around the country and overseas, and people would say to me, when are you going to write what you teach? And my response was not very uh, filled with faith. I said, why would I want to do that? There's so many good speakers and uh, or authors out there. Why would they want another one? And uh, it took a year before I finally listened to the Holy Spirit and felt him saying to me, Poppy, this is an issue of obedience, not whether you want to do it or not. I'm calling you to it. And uh, so I stepped into it and I said, Lord, I have no 
clue what to do. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't raised in this country. I didn't have uh, a college education because I lived in Africa during those years. Um, I'm an avid reader and a learner, but I had no idea what you did. So the Lord started putting things together, and I just said to, to God, I will do it, but you have to, you know, it, it's up to you how it turns out. I was willing to do it and fail miserably, <laughs> and and yet, but doing what God asked me to do. And I think that's what we have to do. Some people have a lot more confidence than I've ever had. And, you know, some people have, have little confidence, but it's a matter of hearing God's voice and saying, I'll do it, and the results are up to you. Absolutely. And you talk about you talk about anticipating obstacles. Yes, because obstacles are inevitable. Uh, but the 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 thing with obstacles, I mean, there's no one who goes through life without obstacles to uh, their direction and their passion. But the the question is, what do you do with them? That makes a huge difference in accomplishing God's purpose for your life. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that, I mean, I've had several experiences where God stretched me and I was terrified. The book, writing my first book was one of them, but seeing God supply people who guided me along the way. And then my first book, my first ever, uh, you know, effort to, to have a book published was uh, published by Bethany House. And it was my, my book, uh, I'm Too Young to Be This Old. And it sold like crazy, 160,000 copies. Well, that's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. And I honestly didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) But but God had that in mind for me, and I didn't know that. The same with speaking and speaking internationally. And I look at my background in living in other countries and uh, having been in India and Africa and Asia and how God just opened my eyes to the cultural issues that women face. And so I can go and speak in these different places, or even in this country, to different cultural groups. And, you know, God put it together. So I just marvel at it. But if we say no, we will not see what God could do with our lives. We've just got to learn to risk, say, God, I, I'm scared out of my wits, but I will say yes and trust you. Mm-hmm. I was um, at a funeral recently, and the daughter of the woman who had died uh, was talking to me, and she was crying. And she said, "Why this hurts so bad? Why does this have to hurt so bad?" And I said, "Well, it hurts bad because you loved much. You know, if you yes. didn't care, if you yes. never invested, then you would never have the pain of the loss of it. But right. but once right. you invest." You have you have the potential for great pain in the loss of like a loved one or in being mm-hmm. stretched. Um, mm-hmm. th- there just is that there, you know. And and you said you know if you're not stretched, then you get stagnant. You know the difference between mm-hmm. the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. You know the Dead right. Sea, there's right. nothing moving there. You know it's just yeah. stagnant and not. And and what we want is we don't want to have God flowing through us. We don't want to. And you know there are Christians that just. Take God in and keep him all to themselves and become just that stagnant pool right. where there's no circulation. You know, it's supposed to be a flow-through vessel where God comes in and you share him out and he refills and refills and refills. And it's right. always, right. always new. It's always 
you know, I would say, you know, pretty usually pretty exciting. Not that every day is, you know, climbing Mount Everest and getting to the top or anything like that. But but there is a fresh joy that comes in a life that is being continually stretched in someone who's willing to be used for God. And I don't know, I remember when I was younger, there was a song called Broken and Spilled Out. um, Mm, Yes, yeah. And I, I remember singing and singing that because at the time I was thinking, you know, once you're broken and spilled out, like the little, like the little perfume bottle, you know, it didn't mm-hmm. get refilled. The perfume bottle, once it was broken and spilled out, it was yeah. done. Yeah. But that is not the way we are built. We're built so that we can continually be refreshed and renewed in Christ so that we never run out. It's just the most amazing situation. So to me, the stretching is more about our faith, which is the last thing we're going to talk about here. The stretching comes in that as we are facing obstacles, as we are hitting things that we did not expect that, uh, you know, like Jeremiah would have said to God, you lied to me, (laughs) you know, things that just were not on the agenda (laughs) when we said yes. You know, the faith is really the place where where we find our hope and where we find the true success. Talk to us about faith in a way that um, maybe God has communicated it to or through you before. Well, in in the chapter that that uh, is on anticipating obstacles, I have found in my own life one of the biggest obstacles has been my self-talk. Uh, making myself scared and saying all sorts of things to myself. And I found that with many, many uh, readers and and listeners that it's a common human uh, issue, Mm -hmm. a problem that we face. And we have to overcome it by using words of faith that are biblical. For instance, oh, I could never do anything. And then you counter it with the truth of Scripture. You know, God has called you and equipped you and uh, will, you know, take you through things. And everywhere we get this self-talk, which would hold us back, we have to learn. It's a, it's a habit that we have to cultivate to use biblical truth and I know I'm not the only one teaching this, but it's so important that we look at biblical truth and say, God, I will believe you rather than my feelings, because feelings can dominate your life and hold you back from from so many things that God wants you to do, but your feelings are overwhelming. I think of Esther in the book of Esther, and when she first heard that the the Jewish people were going to be exterminated, and Mordecai said to her, you have to go to the king. She did exactly what all of us do. She was terrified. She said, I can't do that. I will be killed. It's not possible. And when God challenges us with something that's out of our comfort zone, but will stretch us and make us more useful to him, our reaction so often is, I can't do that. I, I, I will fail. I will this. I will that. Everything is negative. And yet after she prayed about it and had others pray and fast with her, her whole perspective changed. And I think that's what God does for us. When we pray about things rather than react emotionally, God will change our thinking. He transforms our our mind by renewing our thinking. And we go to thinking biblical things, and he gives us the courage to say, God, I'll do it, and I leave the results up to you. And that's what I did in writing, you know, so many years ago. And now, you know, this last book is my seventh. And 
I look at them and I think, mm-hmm. how can that have happened? <laughs> Someone who right? had no idea what they were doing. But it's the it's the Holy Spirit, like you say, Moni, that flows through us and that gives us the desire to to say yes to God and to opportunities. And and you know, I think we we can be astounded ourselves at the work of God and be so humbled and grateful that he used us in this or this um, area. Well, and I go back to, I mean, anything that we could ever do, we do only because God has gifted us with life. I mean, uh, some people are born without a brain. Some people are born without arms or, you know, I mean, it's like anything you could ever do in this whole world, you would have to say it is only by the grace of God. Eventually, Mm -hmm. everybody will say that. Every knee will bow and everybody will recognize, okay, only by the grace of God did I even have a life to begin with. Could I ever have done any of the things that I'm so proud of, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back, though, to that fear piece because, like in the story, there's three really three basic kind of fears. You know, you've got your fear of God, which is a good, mm-hmm. healthy fear right, of the Almighty God. Yes, a reverence. That's right. And then you have mm-hmm. your debilitating fear, which is Satan Satan's aspect yes. of, of just holding you back from doing anything good ever. And yes. then, um, and then you've got your cautionary fear, which is like, okay, mm-hmm. the uh, red lights are flashing and the arms are coming down, and you don't want to drive yes. on the train track right now. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, right. Or, you know, the, lion, <laughs> the, lion is, the lion is roaring, right? The lion is roaring right now. You don't want to go yeah. over there. So we have these three kinds of fears, but what we do is we tend to um, put them all into one fear definition, and that's where we get mm-hmm. in trouble. So Esther, let's go back to that story because this is so important. We won't be willing to be stretched, and we won't invest our faith if we really think that we're not supposed to do it, like it's a cautionary fear. Like in Esther's mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. she knew the law. She goes into yeah. the king without being invited, and he can kill her. I mean, that's just, that was the law right. at the time. She didn't make yes. that up. It was true based on the cautionary fear that God had built inside of her. But then something happened where the fear of God overcame mm-hmm. her fear of man, you know, and allowed her to be stretched in a way that she never, I can't even imagine her fathoming that she would ever be mm-hmm. in that situation. And that's, I think, what happens with us, too, is we face these situations and we look at it and we say, no, I am not making this up. This isn't just Satan trying to ruin my life. There is really something here to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. But then there's God calling me to do it anyway. Not mm-hmm. for that faith yeah, I'm I'm thinking of some emails I've seen from friends who are missionary doctors in Egypt, uh, part of the Christian community there, and you know the killings that happened uh, last Sunday, and um, yeah. and yet in the information they're sending to us, they're saying that Christians are refusing to be intimidated and full of fear, and they are going on Easter Sunday to worship God, even though they know there's a great danger. And it's similar to, to Esther. You know, she knew there was a danger, but she was determined to, to do what God called her to do. And uh, in our wills, we rarely seem to face that kind of thing, not at this point, but uh, we do. We have to have a holy reverential fear and trust 
that God will produce his work through us. And sometimes, you know, people talk about trusting God and think that that means nothing will ever happen to them. But think of all the martyrs, even in in, uh, chapter 11 in in Hebrews, think of all the people down through the ages, the people today in many countries around the world who are suffering, they trust God, but they are dying. And so to trust God is to believe that he is good, that he will take care of you, you will go to, to be with him. It is not to say that God will always rescue me from the, the actions of, of wicked people. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we even think about, you know, spirit-filled apostles in the New Testament, uh, Second mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 8, Paul's writing here, we are hedged in, pressed on every side, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment and are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, but not deserted. We don't stand alone. We are struck down, but never struck out and destroyed. You know what I mean? It goes on with the challenges that even the apostles faced um, after receiving the Holy Spirit. This wasn't just Old Testament people who didn't have enough faith to overcome these things. The reality is if we step out in faith with God, he gets to choose the path, and he, and he sees the big picture. Uh, our our guy who is speaking at church on one of the churches we go to on Sunday, um, he said, you know, we never can see past the tip of our nose, which is so true. And he repeated mm-hmm. that over mm-hmm. and over. And it got in my it got in my head this week. You know, I can't see past the tip of my nose. Basically, God is orchestrating all things for all time, now and eternity. And he's bringing mm-hmm. the world in for a landing in the end times. And all of this has to work together. And it's quite bigger than your comfort or mine. It's not absolutely, just about that. Absolutely. And I think what we're seeing around the world in the persecuted church is just very real. And they are standing for the Lord in, you know, in ways that, that speak to us about our faith and our bravery and courage and trust in God. Hmm. Yeah, well, this is Marty Slubber. We're visiting today with Poppy Smith. We're going to come right back and talk about um, a little bit more about the five success secrets for reaching your God-given goals. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow his life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're talking today with Poppy Smith about the five success secrets for reaching your God-given goals. Poppy, I'd like us to address next the um, reality of burnout. People in ministry, you know, they feel called by God to go do this, that, or the other ministry. They go, they work at it for a while, and then they do what we call burning out. Uh, They run out of gas. And um, I want to talk a little bit with you about this because, my perspective is that God oftentimes moves us from one ministry to another, but that in the, um, in the process of serving God, we typically don't run out of gas unless we have lost sight of the faith that we are supposed to be having in the situation. What, what is your thoughts on that? 
Well, it's a very interesting question. I, uh, two days ago on Saturday, I actually spoke on this topic on resting or stressing. <laughs> <laughs> using Jesus' words about, uh, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest, not stress. Uh, and I, I made a little um, sort of kindergarten-level visual aid. I used a shoebox, and on one side I, I put a label, uh, spiritual tank, and the other emotional tank. And then I had little uh, straws coming out of the bottom of it, which were what drains your tank, and then other straws coming into the top, which were what replenishes your tank, because we all have a tank, we all have a capacity. It's not the same. We all have different capacities. What might make me run away crying in a corner might not phase you at all. So we are different, and we have to be compassionate to one another. You know, it's your personality, your genetics, your circumstances, and so on. So we're not all the same, but we all have a limit. We, there's a difference between our load and our limit, and that's what produces stress and uh, burnout. So I, I think what happens is we take on too much, and we don't give ourselves breathing space, uh, space to be quiet, space to be restored. And I also quoted from the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Those green pastures are places of restoration. And the Lord sometimes will make us through, uh, whether it's a crisis or um, an illness or something else, when he sees that we are going at too crazy a pace, then he makes us lie down. And the whole point is he restores us and gives us rest. And so I think there's so many principles throughout Scripture that we're ignoring. I mean, God himself gave the model in Genesis 1 that he ceased his work on the seventh day. So there's a growing interest in the Sabbath and the concept of the Sabbath. But even beyond that, just being aware of your own health, your own physical resources, your emotional resources, spiritually, are you dry? Are you depleted? Have you uh, neglected time to be restored spiritually because you're running and doing and saying yes and you've got something to prepare and another thing to write and uh, more tickets to book to go to the next event? And You know, we can live at a crazy pace, and it is not what Scripture endorses at all. So, so I think we have to watch. We are able to be burned out in the work. We might not be tired of the work, but we can be, as somebody said, tired in the work. And, and there's a place for all of us who work in, in ministry, so to speak, to be aware we're very physical and we have limits and we have demands and we have to pace them. And as you get older or you have other responsibilities, you need to stop and make room, which means often saying no to some things uh, so that you can say yes to others. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think that uh, I, I love your shoebox illustration. That's so cute. <laughs> it was so cute. But, I don't but... know why I didn't think to take a photo of it, put it on my website or my social media. <laughs> no, it's it's really fun, and it's so it's so visual, but... Honestly, that is exactly what's happening. And so I've come when when I had a girls' club in my home, 
I would frequently with these young teenage girls. And, you know, we were trying to put together a meal for a family in need for that evening. And I've got all these flighty, you know, 11 to 15-year-old girls in my kitchen trying to make this meal that's supposed to be edible here in a few hours. And (laughs) I remember just reaching the end of my rope, you know, being burned out with one girl or the whole mess of it, you know. And I just would turn and I would just say, Jesus, I have no more patience for so-and-so right now. Please give me some of yours. (laughs) And I would turn around. And he always responds to that prayer. What we tend to do is we tend to think we're kind of above needing that kind of help. And so we just don't even turn to him. We just keep on plowing along. I'm sure I'm supposed to be doing this. God called me to this, therefore I'm going to do this. But he never really built us to do it that way. He built us to do it through his strength. And as we do it through his strength, there's so much joy and revitalization Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any closing thoughts there about the burnout or about the profound effect of faith? Well, for me, it all goes back to my walk with Christ. Am I desiring to walk in obedience? Am I listening so I can pick up sort of thoughts, words, um, direction from the Lord, uh, weighing, is this the path to go down? Is this a place to pull back? And I think it's that sensitivity that only God can give us, but we can crave and we can ask for to to be walking with him, to be in touch with him. You know, our culture and our Christian culture is is one that that pressures everyone to do more, be faster, be better, and uh, not give yourself any space in life, any margins. Or you might feel guilty if you take time to go for a walk simply or, or take an evening to just relax. And I just think we have to watch, are we being pressured by by the world around us, even the Christian culture, uh, to keep producing more and more? Or are we walking in a way that we're in tune with who we are, our energy level, our um, emotional capacity, and that we're just walking with an awareness that we're where God wants us to be. But open, of course, I don't mean become a sluggard, <laughs> but, but open to his uh, leading, but not going at such a pace that we think everything that comes to us is God's leading, because it isn't. Right. Right. So important. So important. And I just earlier today uh, had some had breakfast with some friends, and, and I was talking about when uh, I had babysat one of her children, one of the ladies, I babysat her son when my son was one year old. They were together, and then I babysat another child when he was three years old, my son was three years old, and then I babysat another child later on, and that was kind of the extent of my child care when I was doing, raising my own kids. But uh, the third one, my neighbor girl who had uh, become pregnant in high school, she came over crying, and she said, if I want to go back to school, would you watch my baby while I go to school? And I just said, yes, oh, yes, I would. That would make me so happy. And when she left, I thought, oh, what have I done? I didn't ask Dave. Exactly. I, God. I just, you know, just ran right through that door. And, and it was because, you know, partly because I had already been thinking about it. But I realized in that moment, no, no, you have to pause before you commit. You can't yeah. just commit because you like the idea of it or, you know, yeah. someone's crying. You know, you have to step back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have such <laughs> compassion and you 
you see what a, a pickle they're in, a fix they're in, and you want to help, but that's, right. like you said, it's exactly where you find yourself just being emotionally responsive without using your brain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I did in that situation turn out that I was able to care for that child for several months. But the reality is that when things like that come, you know, you may experience, you know, great compassion or great fear, whatever it is, all of those emotions are to lead us to Jesus and to say what, you know, I like the picture of Jesus standing at my heart or my brain door, my emotional Mm. door in my body saying, can I talk to you about this? May I just please (laughs) share my perspective about this? Slow down and talk to me about (laughs) (laughs) this. Please. So I love that analogy. Well, Poppy, this hour has flown by. Thank you so much. And before we're done here, over at your website, you have quite a few things for people to explore over there. Maybe give us an idea. If we go over to poppysmith.com, what do we find there? Well, you will find, if you go to my blog page, there's a directory, and I have written on hundreds of topics uh, that are very practical and helpful. My whole bent is to be practical and to say, God's Word says this, how do we live it out, and giving, you know, some scriptural advice and practical advice. So there's that blog page, which I'd encourage people to read. And then my speaker page, I speak on a lot of topics. I have, like, retreat conference topics, also one-time event topics and so on. So I'm always adding new material and I'd love to hear from some of your your event planners um, like like you. I just absolutely love doing what God's called me to do. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. You also provide coaching. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, well, like I said, I I did go to seminary and get a master's in spiritual formation and spiritual direction. Spiritual direction is an unfamiliar term for most evangelicals and, and a lot of other Christians. And basically, women come to me. And we talk about what's going on in their lives, and I give both practical uh, thoughts and helps and what steps they could take as a life coach. But I'm also looking at it from God's, you know, where is God in your life? What is God speaking to you about? And I have one lady who's come every few weeks for three years, I think, and just talk through some personal issues, family issues, and she sits and writes notes, and she's very affirming and says, oh, I remembered what you said, and I read my notes in this new situation. And <laughs> So it's just a wonderful way of sharing the love of God and the wisdom oh, that I feel God has for us in his word and gives to us as we go through life ourselves. That's so awesome. I, so I do, be... you know, see people for an hour, and my fee is very reasonable. I can do it by Skype or if, um, you know, people want to okay. contact me in some other way. That's so it's just Poppy Smith, one word, P-O-P-P-Y-S-M-I-T-H dot com. Awesome. Well, I'm so grateful that you've been here today, and thank you for your life and your ministry, Poppy. You are truly an inspiration and an encouragement to so many. Thank you. Well, thank you. I return the compliment. (laughs) (laughs) God bless. And thank you all for being here. You cannot have a radio show without listeners, and it is such a delight that you join us every week at Marnie's Friends. And also, for those of you who share the station on your own website, thank you for that. There's a player that you can download and just have your programmer put right on your site so people can listen to the show there. And many of you do that as well as the syndicate stations 
iTunes, and Stitcher. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time at Marnie's Friends.